podcast coming at you on Thursday evening. The trade deadline has come and gone. The Los Angeles Clippers were active, I guess you could say. It was an interesting day in Clipperland, and that followed up a day in which the Clippers lost yesterday to the Kyrie Mavs without Luka. It's been a very strange couple days. And to break it all down, my co-host Matt Mattawarren is back with me on the Ethos Clippers podcast. Matt, how are you, my friend? Brandon Marcus, Sports Ethos Clipper Nation. How the heck are you? A crazy day, crazy couple of days in the association for the Clippers. Some some old faces leaving, some old faces coming back, mm-hmm. some new p- people coming in. So there's a lot to lot to go over. All right, let's break down each trade, I guess, the Clippers made. Or we can break down all the guys together, whichever works. I'm sure we'll be talking, guys, and bouncing back and forth. Um, and then if we have time at the end of the podcast, we'll go ahead and chat a little bit about yesterday. Um, and I don't think there's a whole lot to look forward to when previewing tomorrow's game because there's no Kawhi tomorrow. And when you and I have always said that if there's no Kawhi and no PG or one of those two guys is out, there's really no point analyzing this team. And even more so tomorrow when it has been announced that the new additions will not be available. So evaluating this team tomorrow is pretty pointless. Um, But we will look back on yesterday's game because there are some worrisome signs once again popping up, but not a whole lot you can take from it again when the Clippers have made some moves and they're not the same team that they were yesterday. So let's break down the trade deadline. Um, You and I have been talking that the Clippers obviously had too many guards. When you and I were talking about trades, I said, Terry Rozier and Mason Plumley would be two guys that I would expect to come to the Clippers um, because they would come as a pair from one team and it solves your point guard need and it solves your center need. Well, one of those two things happened, and that was Mason Plumley coming to the Clippers in exchange for Reggie Jackson and a second round pick. Let's talk about that trade first because it seems like the biggest no brainer of all the different trades. When you're going up against guys like Nikola Jokic in the postseason, it feels like you need to have a backup big just in case you see Zoo get into foul trouble. I mean, there's ideally going to be a time where you'd like to go Zoo 30, 33 minutes, and then you go small ball for a time, so you may not even need to use Plumlee. But just in case he does get into foul trouble, you need to have that big. I thought that was a pretty good trade. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts? I'm into the trade. Uh, I think you mentioned on Twitter last night and tonight just about Kawhi, who we will probably talk about later. He actually yeah. is sitting tomorrow night. And them just putting so many minutes on his plate. Well, Zoo's in the same boat. Mm-hmm. He's starting to wear down, and I think you can see it. So getting a backup was, yeah, kind of a no-brainer, just like you said. Plumlee's a great guy to come in and uh, maybe not split minutes, of course, because Zoo's the superior player in my, my estimation. But to spell him, to if Zoo gets in foul trouble, it gives a... It just gives another big body out there. And one um, one great thing I was looking at, because uh, we talk about rebounding and offensive rebounding in particular quite often, uh, over on StatMuse, actually, uh, Zoo is tied for third, if I'm looking at this correctly, in offensive rebounds per game. And right behind him is Plumlee. So Zoo, 3.4 offensive rebounds per game. Plumlee, 3.3. So it's actually... Pretty great addition. I hate, I hate, hate, hate. I must say this. It's so sad to see Reggie go. Perhaps it, it, it ran its course, um, him on the clips. But boy, what a heart and soul. We can't, we can't talk about this trade without 
talking about how what a bummer it is just to see Reggie go and the rumors that uh, he may get bought out and the Suns are actually interested in him. So I don't like that aspect of it, but getting Plumlee in is good. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to see him land somewhere like Phoenix if that is the case because, I mean, I'm glad you brought up Reggie Jackson because we could just attack this just from the Plumlee side. But what Reggie Jackson has done the last several years um, from his incredible postseasons where he became Mr. June and where he hit all the big shots to the beginning of this year where you and I talked about how important he was with no Kawhi and no PG that he would carry this team. I mean, the guy got hurt in the first half of the game, came back and proceeded to play the entire second half. Like that is just the type of guy that Reggie Jackson is. And he was a guy that we were unsure, well, are they going to extend him or is he going to go somewhere else in the off season? And he resigned because he wanted to be with the Clippers. The Clippers understood his value. And I think he just meant more to the Clippers than he would have meant to any other team. I mean, you look at what he's going to do when he ends up in Phoenix. He's not going to play a whole ton. And he's not going to put forth the production that he put forth with the Clippers um, as the starting point guard. But like you said, it ran its course. And it got to the point where he was getting DMP CDs. And that's not what he wants at this stage in his career. And it's not fair to him. And for all that he's given to this Clippers team, it, it was doing right by him to send him elsewhere and they were going to give him a chance to go and find his own home. And so Charlotte will release him and buy, or buy him out and then he'll be able to go somewhere else. And it, they're doing right by him. The Clippers are, and I'm, I'm glad to see the Clippers bring in a center, but to lose a guy like Reggie Jackson, who was such a big part of the Clippers culture. Uh, I'm curious to see how that impacts the locker room. And we'll talk a little bit about Russell Westbrook later, um, and yeah. because I think we have to. But yeah, we, the, you and I talked about this three, four weeks ago. Where we said if the Clippers are going to make a deal, there's no need to wait all the way until the last day because you've taken so long to establish the chemistry with this team. Why wait even longer to try and figure out the new pieces and how they fit? So now the Clippers are going to take a big presence out of the locker room and Reggie Jackson. And I'm not sure how that's going to impact this team. So that'll be interesting. But to um, talk about Plumlee, just to give an idea of how good he has been this year. He's shooting 67%. He's averaging 12.2 points per game. Last year, he was at 6.5. He's at 9.7 rebounds per game. Last year, he was at 7.7. Averaging near 4 assists per game and over a steal and block combined per game and his free throw percentage has gone from 39% last year. He was god awful to now he shoots left-handed at the free throw line. He's up to 60 and a half percent. So still not a good free throw shooter, but much better than what he was. So he is a very competent backup offensively and is a good distributor as well. Not amazing defensively, but he's not a guy that's going to get destroyed. You would assume and he's not gonna have to play big minutes. So I think it was a very good deal for the Clippers to make, just bring in some backup. You you can't have the final couple months of the season go without having some backup for Zoo because you don't know, A, if he's going to get hurt, and B, to your point, they put so many minutes on Zoo that you need to give the guy a rest because you're clearly trying to get Kawhi and PG some rest now, so maybe give Zoo some rest along the way. Yeah, he honestly brings a lot of what Hartenstein brought last year and, mm -hmm. and maybe even to a higher level with the passing, like you mentioned, um, and the defense, 
which is he's not a sieve at least, and he's a, he's a big body out there. Great on the boards this year. I mean, like great on the boards this year. So uh, I I think it's a plus. It's 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 an addition to the team. It certainly makes the Clippers better, and he'll 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 definitely crack the rotation when playoff time comes. There's no doubt about that. Uh, just again to go back to Reggie, to say that I hate to see him on the Suns is not to say that I hate to see him in a good situation because I love yeah. that. I just don't like the Suns yeah. and I don't want him to be on that team. <laughs> yeah, no, it's totally fair. And I don't blame you. I mean, it's just like when we saw Pat Beverly uh, end up with the Lakers. It's like, I, I don't want to see Pat Beverly end up with the Lakers. And he's obviously been traded from the Lakers, but you didn't want to see him across the hall because you didn't have to play against him and root against him. Um, and now the Clippers are going to have to root against Reggie Jackson, who has been such a fan favorite. I mean, you had the PB and J bites that were handed out at games. He truly became a very loved fan. I mean, he was beloved by Clippers fans and one of the more likable players that the Clippers have had in a long, long time where you really just couldn't help but root for Reggie Jackson. And now it got to the point where he wasn't getting much playing time and it was weird with him being a starter, then him exiting the um, fray and then coming back into the fray as guy off the bench. So it was just a very weird dynamic. And with the Clippers, they had those guards of Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson, and John Wall that just didn't seem to work together. I mean, how many times do we talk about how Powell could not play with John Wall and he couldn't play with Luke Kennard and he couldn't play with Reggie Jackson? Like though that the defense was terrible. So the Clippers go ahead and they get rid of Reggie Jackson for a backup big, and then they get rid of Luke Kennard, and they get rid of John Wall, and they bring in Eric Gordon and Bones Highland. And let's talk about EG coming back to the Clippers, because you and I have been Clippers fans for a very long time, and so we were around when Eric Gordon was on the Clippers. We were rooting for him when he was a very good young player that was a great three-point shooter and a great scorer. Now the Clippers come and bring him into the fray, and it's very interesting because he's not quite the same player that he was, um, but it is worth noting, and I'll give Shane Young some props here, that Eric Gordon averages 8.9 drives per game, which is slightly more than John Wall, which was at 8.6, and significantly more than Luke Kennard, who was at 2.3. So the Clippers want to have their guard and I'm assuming that EG will play some point guard, drive in and draw some defensive attention and kick it. And that's what John Wall was supposed to do. But Wall just couldn't shoot. The issue is that Wall couldn't shoot. Eric Gordon can. Um, And also, by the way, Eric Gordon's converted 51% of his attempts on drives, which is better than both Wall and Reggie on higher volume. So it's a good move, I think. And it brings a veteran presence into this locker room. I, this is just like an, the other trade. I like it. I think Eric, getting rid of Eric Gordon, to, or, um, or rather adding Eric Gordon and trading him in that three-team deal that lands Luke Kennard to the Grizzlies makes a lot of sense in my eyes. Does it make sense to you? Bringing EJ home is great, or as Ralph Lawler used to call him, EJ. Uh, love love getting him back on the on the Clippers. The, that that driving that's a great stat. The uh, the, uh, the drive stat. I I'm looking at. Um, I was I was trying to I was trying to make sort of a comparison here between Eric Gordon coming in and what you had suggested and Terry Rozier as sort of a 
a scoring guard to come in and uh, take some pressure off of off of especially off of PG, uh, but off of Kawhi and the other guys as well. And I think while while Eric Gordon, you're right, is a, is a bit older. He hasn't been on the Clippers in over ten years, about twelve years, I think, since since he left. Yeah, Eric Gordon was on the Clippers way back. The last time was in 2010, 2011. Right, and he I'm, averages he averaged twenty two point three points per game that year. It's his highest ever. Oh, there you go. Yeah, tw- um, I just twenty two points yeah. uh, over four assists. He was uh, effective field goal percentage of over fifty percent. So he was awesome. So we can get any any type of production quite like that, and I'm, I th- I think it's a win. So th- saying a home run is probably a, <laughs> a bit of an exaggeration, but this is certainly uh, upgrades the Clippers roster, I believe. Yeah, and it's not like he's the best shooter in the world. I mean, he's at 44% this year. He was at 47.5% last year, but that 47.5% is way bigger, way larger than his career, or way higher than his career, which is at 42.9%. Averages over two threes per game. Um, he's at 13.1 points per game this year, which is actually the lowest of his career. So he's clearly at the end of his career. I mean, it started way back in 2008 with the Clippers. It's been a long, long time that he's been – in the NBA, um, he spent seven seasons with Houston, and he ended up spending three with New Orleans, <clears throat> and or rather five with New Orleans, um, as the Pelicans and the Hornets, and three with the Clippers. So he's been in the league for 15 seasons, which is a lot of years. And now he joins this Clippers team that is going to look to him, and he's another guy that's over 30 years old. It seems like he just... They grow them on trees, the Clippers, with these old players. But he's going to be a veteran presence, and he's going to provide a little more than Luke Kennard had. It seemed like Luke Kennard was passive recently, um, which doesn't help you at all. And Luke Kennard um, was supposed to be the guy that could play the role of point guard and that could run the offense. And it seemed like at times, perhaps at the beginning of the year, it was looking like he could. But I don't know if it was either the coaching staff wasn't drawing up plays and letting him be that guy or they just didn't think he was good enough or he can't be that guy and so Eric Gordon will be that guy and he's going to be playing I'm assuming some point guard um, on this team and the Clippers had too many guards they got rid of three and they brought back two and we'll see what that means for the rotations and whether who knows if Robert Covington plays or not Uh, But yeah, I think Eric Gordon's a good addition, and I'm excited to have him back. I love having old Clippers back in the fray. It'll be nice to have him. I love it. Uh, And I feel like Luke Kennard was passive mostly Uh, in his his Clippers tenure. There was a time there when he looked tenacious, and he was ready to go, and he was just willing to shoot anything, and he was... uh, He looked like he... You're you're right. He may be able to run the offense, but if you really look at the totality of his Clippers tenure... I feel like a lot of it was very passive. And so probably if you if you just zoom out and look at the whole thing, as much as we wanted Luke Kennard to be the right fit, perhaps he wasn't. So it was it, like like with Reggie, it had run its course. Obviously, he's not as beloved as a, as, a, as a Reggie Jackson. I had a question about Eric Gordon, too, for you. Now that he's back, Eric Gordon, drafted by the Clippers in the 2008-2009 season, does he pose any threat to one Blake Griffin to be the first Clipper? To have his jersey retired. Oh, there's no chance. <laughs> <laughs> there's no chance at all. This will be his fourth total year with the Clippers. 
I'm totally kidding. But yeah, there is. <laughs> hey, if they, if they win a championship, you never know. Yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, if he if he hits a couple game-winning shots, he, it's true. He, he could become Robert Ory of the uh, Clippers. You just never know. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Robert I mean, Gorey. It, it's, it is crazy, by the way. Yeah, Robert Gorey. It is crazy that he only played three years with the Clippers. I thought he was on the Clippers for way longer. I thought it was more. I would have said like seven. Yeah, I, I'm stunned that it was only for three years. Um, but yeah, he played... 60, 78 games his first year, 62 the next, 56 the year after that. I think he just kept getting hurt. And so the Clippers ended up getting rid of him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does to this team, how he adds to this team. Um, but, yeah, another good move. And Luke Kennard, like you said, not as beloved as Ruddy Jackson, but we'll always have the games where he helped the Clippers a ton. Um, that game where they came back against Atlanta where he went nuclear and he hit that huge three. He's had his moments in a Clippers uniform, so I'll, I'll be rooting for him, but not quite that much considering the Grizzlies are a team that I dislike even more than the Suns. So n- no thanks. I'm getting, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Can I tell you one more thing about EG or EJ? Yeah. Uh, just just while we're on him and while I have his basketball reference pulled up. I know we've done this before with Tsunami Poppy and others. Do you know what the first nickname for Eric Gordon, I have it open, but I would reference. I have it open, but I would never ever guessed. If you would have given me all the guesses in the world, I would have never <laughs> guessed the Hobbit. The Hobbit, I've never heard that. The Hobbit, E Money, E G, E J, Splash Gordon, Three G, and Eric Gordon. I'm curious how many of those Noah Eagle is able to work into his broadcast because he is certainly known for going into a basketball reference page and using uh, some nicknames. I can't wait to find out. Yeah, should be fun. Um, the last trade the Clippers made was getting rid of John Wall, who has been hurt, and the Clippers took a risk, and it was a risk that made a lot of sense at the start of the season, where everyone talked about how the Clippers needed a point guard, and it, it could have worked out for the Clippers. It, if Eric, I mean, if John Wall brought what the Clippers needed, which was the shooting that he perhaps had in his locker, he was able to get to the rim, but not quite as much. He just became a liability offensively, and defensively he wasn't anything special, and he was getting injured, so it just didn't make sense. And so the Clippers turn him in into Bones Highland, and it's um, an interesting trade where the Clippers end up sending uh, a couple picks, I believe, to the Nuggets. Um, Nuggets trade Bones Highland to the Clippers and the Rockets end up getting John Wall and they're going to buy him out. Um, I like Bones Highland. I liked him when he was on the Nuggets. I think that he certainly um, has the ability to be a good guard for the Clippers. But the the one thing I really like about Bones Highland, uh, Matt, is that he's young. And this Clippers team is very old. Bones Highland is 22 years old. He was a first-round pick in the 2021 draft. He is already a proven guy at the NBA level. Um, Last year, if you look at his numbers, he averaged 10 points per game to go along with close to three rebounds and three assists per game. This year, 12 points per game with three assists per game. He's a guy that can play the role of point guard that you can develop, and he's another one of these young players you can add to the Terrence Mann, Brandon Boston um, type of dudes that have been developed. Amir Coffey under the Clippers. I love the trade. Um, If only, I mean, if the only thing that I could take from it was that he was athletic and that he was young, I would take it. But the fact that he's skilled and that the Clippers can develop him 
it, it just makes all the sense in the world to make this trade, especially for a guy in John Wall that frankly had no place in the rotation. So my birthday is is this coming Monday, the day after the Super Bowl, day before Valentine's Day. So I don't want anybody to get anything anything twisted from what I'm about to say. I'm going to be older than LeBron James. Let's just say that. Hmm. But I was so happy that the Clippers got somebody under 30 uh, in a trade today. Speaking of Bones Highland, I'm right with you there. A, a young guy, athletic, uh, nothing but upside. Who knows what was going on in Denver, why they, they gave him away for two second rounders. Second rounders were the soup du jour today anyway. Yeah. So maybe they, maybe the Nuggets didn't want to be left out. I don't know. I remember the 21 draft um, when we had the 21st pick from which uh, we, we traded with the Knicks to get it, and uh, we took Keon Johnson with that pick. But I, I uh, there was there was a lot of talk um, amongst Clipper Clipper Nation, myself, Clippers Twitter. Like Bones Highland was in the mix. Yep. Uh, I believe uh, even uh, Marcus Moore Senior had something where he either hung out with them or they had they had had some sort of contact. I, I can't remember exactly the story, but. Short story is I'm very happy to have Bones on the team. I was thrilled, and I'll make no bones about it, to have John Wall uh, on the clips. It's well-documented. I was like, John Wall, John Wall, John Wall. I, was, I, I thought it was going to go great. It was, a, it was a move worth making, but obviously it didn't work out. You and I have harped on that time and time again. Time to move on. Uh, going back to Houston, of course, they'll wave him, but that's sort of an ironic twist. Get it? But I, I am very happy to have a young guy like Bones on the team and do you think that he will crack the lineup and be able to contribute in a meaningful way in the regular season and then come postseason too it's a good question and i think that's the big one and frankly one that i don't think we can answer uh because if you look at what some people on the outside think they think that he automatically becomes the backup point guard on this team but if you looked at the depth chart that some guys were bringing up on Clippers Twitter earlier, it seemed like Bones was on the outside looking in of the top 10 guys. And that that would mean that Rocco is part of that top 10 along with Plumley. But I certainly can see games, Matt, where there's no Rocco and there's no Plumley, and Bones Highland is part of the rotation. So I think the Clippers are going to roll Bones out and see what they got um, in him. He was dealt from Denver because there were some character issues. Um, apparently, he walked off the floor on, in one game. There was some problems there, but the talent has always been there. And a lot of people think the talent is there. So the Clippers can take that risk for just a couple of second-round picks and see if he could be that backup point guard of the future and see where it goes, uh, or backup shooting guard, and, and just see what he can provide off the bench as a three-point shooter He's shooting 38% from distance this season. That's not bad at all. Um, and he'll get some good looks. He was getting some good looks with Denver, with Jokic, and those types of guys on the roster. But I'm curious to see how he fits with this team. I think you get a guy like Terrence Mann, you get Bones Highland, some guys that provide some energy and some juice and some speed because Clippers are slow as hell. I mean, we talked about Kawhi to start this podcast. He was slow as hell last game. PG, not the fastest guy in the world. Batum, not fast. Marcus Morris, not fast. I mean, this is a slow old team. And so to have some of that youth and athleticism injected into the squad is a very good thing, Matt. And if, 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 if he's a, if, if we're not happy with this malcontent guard who walks off and has trouble in the locker room, 
um, but is or maybe was athletic. There's always Russell Westbrook, so we'll be fine either way, I suppose. You mentioned it. Let's talk about it. There's, yeah, we had to do it. There's a lot of rumors going around that the Clippers have interest in adding Russell Westbrook and that Russell Westbrook has interest in the Clippers. I mean, that part is obvious. Of course, the Clippers, uh, or rather, Russell Westbrook has interest in the Clippers. The Clippers are a team that's top four in the Western or top six in the Western Conference now, and that he gets to stay in LA and join a playoff contender. So, so no, no shit that he wants to join the Clippers. Um, but. The real thing is, and I've been denying it left and right whenever I have the chance on Twitter, that there's no way that the Clippers actually have interest in him. It makes no sense whatsoever that the Clippers would see all the things being said about Russell Westbrook and say, you know what, let's bring him in. Let's see what he can provide to this Clippers team. Because if he comes in, the Clippers immediately are no longer a contender. No shot. I mean, I, I already do, I don't think the Clippers have a chance now this year after Kevin Durant went to the Phoenix, um, but they certainly still have a chance with PG and Kawhi healthy. Um, I just don't think that they stack up as well um, against Phoenix with Chris Paul and Aiton and Booker if they're all healthy. That's obviously a big if as well that Phoenix has to be healthy. But you had Russell Westbrook, man. There are some comments coming out of that locker room in Laker Lakerland that he was a vampire to the team and that he sucked the blood basically out of the team and that they're glad to have him out of here. If you're the Lakers, it makes no sense whatsoever to bring him in. And whether you're the Clippers, it makes no sense to bring him in. I, I'm assuming you don't want him either. Oh, God, no. Uh, it, 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 it may keep me up these nights now. It, no, I agree with you 100%. There is no way that he could come to the Clippers and and not just be a detriment. It'll make them worse uh, offensively, defensively, in the locker room. Um, and I cannot believe – I was shocked, Brandon. Um, I'm, happy to I'm, I'm happy to have you as a friend. I'm happy to have some people actually, who actually think rationally because I got text after text after text from Clippers fans today being like, oh, well, now we need Westbrook. Oh, we don't no. have a point guard. It's time to get Westbrook. It's like, are you guys insane? Have you watched? You live. Much of them live in L.A. here with me. Have you seen L. Laker game this season? We do not want this guy on our team. I hate to break it to you. Uh, he is not going to add anything but headaches and heartaches to this squad and i can't imagine that the clippers have any interest of like you said of course he has interest in coming why wouldn't he i really can't imagine and i've been like you have been denying up and down and up and down uh that 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 the clippers would have any interest and even some some tweets that i put out and i don't, I don't get much many responses to my tweets but some that i did were people I don't know if they were trolling me or not, because I said something about we need a point guard or or will, they, will there be a point guard coming back? This is before the trade deadline. And I got Russ, Russ, Russ. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't I don't want it. Here's the thing. If Russell Westbrook was a guy that could use his speed that he has and the athleticism and be good defensively and drive into the paint and be the facilitator, he'd be a great ad for the Clippers. But the issue is he will never, ever be that guy ever every team thinks they can fix Russell Westbrook and make him become that guy and make him realize that he should stop taking three-point shots stop taking jumpers stop taking over games at the end stop taking shots away from the best players when the games and the minute and the uh, baskets count 
and every possession matters at the end of a game. Every team thinks they can stop Russell Westbrook from doing that. The issue is, is that Russell Westbrook will never change. And that's why he would make no sense with his Clippers team. Because he would be on the floor at the end of games, jacking up shots. He would be on the floor in the middle of games on with the Clippers bench, having guys like Norm Powell on the floor. And he would be taking shots away from guys like Norm Powell and Nico Batum. He just does not make sense anymore in today's NBA. If he wants to get to the hoop and use his athleticism and pass, sure. But again, he's not that guy. As much as people want him to be that guy, he just isn't. And if you add Russell Westbrook, he immediately becomes a guy that you know Ty Lue is going to play. And the reason why I'm a little bit scared here and that I still don't think there's any chance it happens, but there is a part of me that is a little bit scared is because Ty Lue is insistent on playing a point guard at the end of games. We saw him play Reggie Jackson over Terrence Mann, over Robert Covington in big spots down the stretch against New York in other games. He just did not play the guys you would want him to play. He ended up playing a traditional point guard because he wanted somebody to actually have control of the ball. I could see him wanting a traditional point guard and wanting Russell Westbrook. You just want to hope that he trusts Norm Powell, Terrence Mann, Eric Gordon to be those guys along with PG and Kawhi. Because if not, then Westbrook becomes a clipper and we you just can't have it. You can't have it. You just got to hope someone else comes on the buyout market. But I'm praying that he does not end up with the Clippers because he makes no sense whatsoever. I'm right with you. I, I, I couldn't imagine him being on the Clippers. And I am scared as well that maybe Ty Lue gets seduced into it. But to piggyback yeah. on what you were saying, less than a week ago, you and I were, right after Kyrie got traded to Dallas, you and I were saying why we didn't want Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. to, be, to be on the Clippers before, after, and the trade and, and all time because it's sort of the same thing. It, guys, like, they, guys like this don't change, um, whether it's on the court or off the court. Kyrie... Has he played okay in the Mavericks game that we may or may not talk about tonight? But he's already uh, shooting off the cuff and saying wild and crazy things that that are making people scratch their heads, raise eyebrows, and go, "Hmm, is he really gonna? Is this really gonna last as a teammate?" Off the court, Westbrook on the court, and maybe a little a bit in the locker room. But it's you know what you're getting with these type of guys, be it on or off the court, and it's not a headache either one of the two that the Clippers, I think want to bring into the organization. Yep, exactly. Um, and so we'll see what happens on that front. And obviously we'll talk about whatever does happen. So Clippers end up getting Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, and Plumley, and get rid of Wall, Reggie Jackson, and Kennard. And in summary, I think the Clippers got better today. I think the Clippers got better. I think they improved their bench. If you look at what they did, they added a piece in Bones Highland, that gives them some upside and some athleticism that they did not have before, besides for Terrence Mann. They added a piece in Eric Gordon that drives better than John Wall and Luke Kennard. And they also kept a draft pick that everyone kept saying they should throw in for a trade for Fred Van Fleet, along with Terrence Mann, is apparently what uh, the Raptors wanted and the Clippers didn't do it. Now you have the pick that you can trade in the offseason, along with maybe a guy like Terrence Mann, you have more time to collect your thoughts, see what's out there on the market, and go in and talk to every team possible as opposed to trying to rush this thing 
at the last second. So I think the Clippers are in a better position. I think their bench is better than it was yesterday. And I think they're in an okay position in the offseason. If they want to go ahead and they want to trade Paul George, who knows? But they, I think they're better off now than they were um, 36 hours ago. What about you? What do you think? I think they're, I don't know, I wouldn't say markedly better, but they certainly improved um, from 36 hours ago. But I'm listening to what you're saying about Paul George in the offseason. You know, we, we kept the asset. We kept man. We kept uh, the pick. Am I hearing, I don't want to hear what you're not saying, but am I understanding that you may think that the window for this particular iteration, particularly the Kawhi PG, is closed? Or is it? Is there a little piece of wood there? It's it's, clo- it's, it's slightly ajar. We could still sneak through. The, the piece of wood is injuries or, or luck. But yep. do you think it's closed or it's closed? It's pretty much closing. It's closing. It's certainly getting there. Um, I think that the Clippers are in trouble this year with the way the roster is constructed. I just don't think they're good enough to beat teams like Phoenix and Denver and Milwaukee and Boston. But they'll have one more year. I mean, they'll they'll have one more year because after this next year, PG and Kawhi can opt out. So this is certainly going to be the final two runs that you have at it this postseason and next postseason. And so you better bet that Ballmer's going to go all in next offseason to try and go hard and try and win the title in the final year that he has PG and Kawhi for sure locked in. So it's the window's closing um, and the Clippers are very close to failing, unfortunately, during this PG Kawhi time. But they still have a chance. We'll see what happens this year. The Clippers have been very good with PG and Kawhi healthy. They just have not stayed healthy. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But do you think the window's closed? I think it's just what you or just what we were saying. It's it's slightly ajar. There's still a little breeze coming through. I'm not I'm not suffocating not sweating profusely to the fullest extent just yet. I'm almost suffocating. I'm sweating a bit. But there's still a little bit of breeze coming in through that window, be it this offseason and a spe- or be it this postseason, excuse me. And especially, like you said, Bomber is going to spend, spend, spend in the offseason should things not go the way we want. I have every, every, uh, I'm absolutely, absolutely sure that that's going to happen. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's quickly hit on yesterday and then we'll, uh, we'll say goodbye. The Clippers lose to the Mavs 110 104. I mean, this one was over in the first quarter. The Clippers got blitzed out of the gym from three-point range. Uh, old Clippers friend Reggie Bullock went absolutely nuclear. Uh, and in the ball game, he ended up hitting six threes. And I think he hit five of them in the first half. I mean, rather than the first quarter. He was unbelievable. Um, Kyrie was sensational. Green provided a ton of energy. That's another thing. The Clippers got a guy on Bones Highland to provide some energy athleticism. I mean, you look at Dallas. Josh Green's a huge part of what they're going to do going forward. He just provides that lift. I mean, he was going at 100 miles per hour on the floor at all times, which is what you want to see in players and not that slow, monotone, just takes forever to get into sets. It's just it's it's awful to watch. So Dallas just was bet the better team yesterday, and PG was fine. He had some really stupid turnovers again. The Clippers committed 11 turnovers. He had four of them. Zoo was pretty good yesterday. Um, T-Man was obviously sensational. 
but Kawhi, I don't think, had a uh, bucket until like three or four minutes left in the second quarter, which just isn't good enough. And for him to get a bucket that late shows you something's up. And he clearly has been tired. And I tweeted it in the first quarter yesterday that he just looks slow getting back defensively. He looks slow when he had the basketball. It just made sense something was up. And so he'll sit tomorrow in that game against Milwaukee, and I'm glad to see it. Norm Powell continues to be Norm, but the Clippers, I think, just lost that game in the first quarter, Matt. They, they just didn't have the energy, and that kind of goes to what we've been talking about the trade deadline. The Clippers just did not have that juice, and I think Bones Highland will help provide that juice, and some new pieces will provide that juice. A guy like Eric Gordon may not be the fastest guy in the world, but you get some new energy, and a guy like Eric Gordon that suddenly is in the playoff hunt when he wasn't before in Houston, I think that'll inject a lot of life in him as well, so... The Clippers just didn't look good yesterday, and I think the first quarter just did them in. Yeah, it's as if there was still confetti from LeBron breaking the scoring record. Yeah, uh, the night they just they couldn't move on the court. They were they were walking in molasses. I have to I have to give a shout out as I often do to my friend Adam. We were we were texting during the game, and he was talking about Reggie Bullock, but he called him Revengey Bullock, which mm-hmm. I thought was an excellent an excellent pun that I a dad joke that I just thought was fantastic. So shout out to him. <clears throat> to your point, Kawhi, yeah, he just didn't have it. He was exhausted. He he, he did what he could in the third quarter uh, when when it, when we were making a comeback. I mean, it was eight points at the half, which looked like a comeback. Although, if I remember correctly, you said there's no way they're coming back, and you nailed it. Uh, senior was one of eight for two points. Certainly not his best night. Uh, it was just it was just a lackluster game. From pretty much from top to bottom, uh, yeah, Zoo was Zoo was pretty good. Norm was good, if not if a little inefficient from the field, eight of seventeen. But yeah, just it, there was no spark, like you said. And hopefully, a guy like Bones or uh, EJ coming back, maybe maybe Plumlee coming in, throwing a different look. Although I was, I was almost I was pretty convinced that Christian Wood was going to be traded after that game. Just for only getting 17 minutes and not doing much. I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe he's out. Yeah. I thought he uh, could become a Clipper. I thought that was certainly a possibility that he would be the, the Clippers, uh, small ball five, which would be pretty decent considering he can shoot the three ball. Um, and he's fine defensively. I mean, he's not good defensively, but he gets block shots and he, he he's there. Um, I mean, Marcus Morris, there were times yesterday where he just didn't look good at all. I mean, he shot the basketball like SHI, you know what? He was not good. Um, and defensively, there were times where he just didn't look good. He looked old, um, and that's not what you want to see at times. And we'll see what this team does in uh, Dallas with Luka when he comes into the fold. But the Clippers have done well against them in the past. Uh, I'm just going to look at yesterday's game and say, you know what? They just started too well. I mean, they shoot four, I- 49% from three, hit 17 of them. You're just not going to win the game. Can I take a shot at it, Brandon? Yeah. Uh, Marcus Morris shot like S H I T man. However, uh, was shot, had 21 points and shot seven of 12 from the field. So boom. Well done, Matt, Matt Thank Warren. You. Well done. Yeah. He just, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Kawhi wasn't good. When Kawhi only puts up 12 shots, you're not going to win very many games. Uh, so the Clippers as a whole, just weren't good enough. They were slow at the start. They didn't play good defense at the start, and that's what cost them. You look at the other quarters, and they won the second quarter 27-19. They won the third quarter 26-21. They lost the fourth quarter, but it was just 29-26. It was close. They had a chance. They just couldn't get over the hump, and uh, I think they just showed the 
energy of a team that had just been on the road for about a week and a half and played six games on the road. So we'll see. We'll see what they do tomorrow night. And that uh, that's how we're going to close this podcast because the Clippers will play against a team in Milwaukee that will be on the second night of a back-to-back, which means it's very possible that you see a shorthanded Milwaukee team. Um, it is very likely that you do not see Chris Middleton tomorrow for the buck uh, for the Bucks. Now, do you see Drew Holiday and Giannis? Not sure, uh, but it is very possible you see a shorthanded Milwaukee Bucks team that's currently losing to the Lakers as we record this podcast that are without LeBron James. So that is certainly an odd one. But if the Lakers can somehow pull off this upset, then who knows what the Bucks will do tomorrow? Either way, no Kawhi, so we'll see if PG can be that number one guy because I think that's the frustrating part is that there are times where he just seems so passive. So we'll see tomorrow when he can become that number one guy what happens with the Clippers. So that rounds or that wraps up this podcast at Matt Mattawarren on Twitter. I am at BD Marcus, of course, Ethos Clippers Twitter handle at Ethos Clips. Feel free, hit us up whenever you'd like to. On our personal handles, rate and review the podcast. Any final words, Matt Matt Warren? Uh, yeah, two final thoughts. One, ironic that Kawhi is out with knee soreness against uh, Joe Ingles and the Bucks tomorrow. Ah, yes, very good call. He was Joe Ingles, by the way, uh, was a little bit dirty last game with an extended push, I believe, on PG at one point in that game. I forgot that's an added element to this is that, uh, Joe Ingles. And of course this is the game. The Clippers blew where they had a chance to win in Milwaukee and they didn't. So you would hope that they want to get some revenge. Absolutely. Revenge. Let's we'll see what happens. And then I just, we talked about the whole trade deadline and, and just how crazy it was. And I have to give just an extra special shout out to the, to the sports ethos crew, Dan brew, Steve Vitovich, everyone for going five hours straight uh maybe one or two feeds whatever it was but what a bang up job those guys did covering i mean every day but especially on a day like today just churning out content i mean just wall to wall excellence uh it's hilarious informative i didn't catch it all but what i did get to see was was excellent so shout out to the the sports ethos guys dan bruce steve everyone for just a, a job well done yes i will echo those statements at ethos fantasy bk is the news feed those guys do a great job and everybody was waiting for Plumlee to get traded so everyone could swoop up the backup center for the hornets i mean I, i've never seen a more collective excitement than when Plumlee was traded and everyone that was on the stream got to go bonkers over mark williams um so that was certainly fun but those guys did great no doubt about that so Now for the Clippers, we'll see what they do um, against Milwaukee. This is a stretch now where they've got a couple games before the All-Star break, and they have a chance to uh, get a win tomorrow and then a couple days off, which will certainly help them out, and we'll see what they do when they come back from that. But a game that comes against Milwaukee, and then uh, most likely we'll have a podcast possibly at the weekend, or we'll wait till we'll do uh, one more. We'll see how things go. So for Matt, I am Brandon. Until next time, the Clips. Go Clips.